I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. This is a weekend video for the week ending June 21, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. First order of business, remember 297. 297 was on the screen for a long time. For those of you that have been here for a while, do remember 297. And the reason I bring it up is because I heard from a lot of you that said, hey, remember 297, we almost hit it yesterday. I got a flood of emails last night reminding me about 297, so I want to thank everybody for reminding me about 297. And for those that have never seen it before, it was on the screen, it was on the charts while we were in this upswing going on up here before we hit the May 1 high, and then we came down. So we were talking about the possibility that the market, or the spider in this case, could reach 297. Is that actually still on the table? And the answer is, it actually still is on the table. Now, I rounded the number way back then to 297. The actual number is, believe it or not, slightly higher than that. We can note it. We can put it on the table. At this point, we're just reminiscing about 297 because there was no way on this God's green earth that we were able to predict 297 from making this low down here on the 3rd of June. And by the way, we didn't even hit 297. We came close. Yesterday's high was 296.31. So the question now becomes, is the market done? Was this a reversal? We had some selling at the end of the day. I got another flood of emails about the selling at the end of the day. So what is going on? How do we decipher everything? We have to take a look around the horn. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to go through a whole laundry list of things. Believe it or not, if we get through half of the things on my page, we'll be doing just fine. Second order of business. The spider paid a dividend, so it looks like it was down more than it was. When the spider pays a dividend, which happens to be four times a year, pays a quarterly dividend, we talked about the fact that today was, this week was, quadruple witching options expiration week. Today was quadruple witching options expiration day, which means four asset classes Options are expiring. There's a bunch of rebalancing that goes on today and during the week. And beyond that, there's not a lot we can do with that information. So what actually happened to the S&P 500 today? Was it really down almost 1%? And the answer is no, it wasn't. The S&P Cash Index finished the day down 3.72 points, about one-tenth of 1%. So at the end of the day, the market was relatively flat. We did make another new high today. We made a new high yesterday. We didn't talk about the cash index yesterday. We talked about the futures and we talked about the SPY. But here, the high yesterday was 29.5806. The former high of the cash index was 29.5413. So we made a new high yesterday in the cash index, made a new high yesterday in the SPY, did not make a new high in the futures contract yesterday, made another new high today in the cash index, 
and did make another new high also in the S&P E-mini futures contract. The high was 29.69 and a quarter and the previous high was 29.67.75. Is any of that important? Well, it can be and it generally is important. We made a new high. We were not able to close at a new high to finish out the day or the week. Is that ultra important? Not really. It is a bullish market. We have to say that, but we're in the zone for a turn. The market is way, way extended, long in the tooth, overbought, euphoric. Use any term you want. They can certainly try and push higher to the next big fat round number of 3,000. It's not that far away, all things considered. There's only 50 points between the closing price today which we'll get back to in a minute because I think it's important. But there's only 50 points between the closing price versus the big fat round number of 3,000. Do they have to get there? No. Could they try and get there? Yes. Do they have to try and get there? Absolutely not. What am I saying? I'm saying we don't know what's going to happen when the market opens Monday morning. Who knows what's going to happen over the weekend? We never know what you're going to wake up to the next day. But here's what I am saying. If they try and push up to 3,000, let's say, maybe they get there, maybe they don't, maybe they come up short. Let's go back for a second to 297, and then we're going to come back to 2950. We're going to be a little bit all over the place, but it's all going to make sense in the end. Let's talk 297. So here the futures are at 2950. Let's go back to the spider chart. Let's take stock of where we are. And if in fact we went to 297, what would that put the futures number at? Well, it's pretty easy to figure out. The closing price was 294, but then there's some after hours trading. The actual close, considering the after hours trading, because we want a precise number, is 293. 20 on the offer or the ask the reason we use that number is because we want a fair comparison the futures continue trading after the cash index closes now stay with me on this the 415 close which is this last candle of the day here happens to be 2951 remember the 2950 it's going to come up a couple of more times Back to the daily chart of the futures, and we'll get back to figuring out where the actual futures extended new high would be the corresponding level to 297. We'll get back to that in a moment, but take notice of the actual daily close, 29.50. Now, this represents 5 p.m., 1,700 hours. The other one was 4.15. But now look at the top of the screen was 29.4825 by 29.4875 on the offer. Take note of that. I'm not suggesting it's meaningful coming into Monday. It may be, it may not be. What I am suggesting is this price level is important. 29.50 other than a semi-fat round number of 29.50, it's important The market is telling us it's important. Let me show you what I mean. Hold on. I almost got out of the lane for a second. I wanted to give you the number, the corresponding number of 297. 
So here's how we figure it out. And the reason why we went down to the SPY corresponding number, you can see we want to use an apples to apples comparison. So if we go back to the spider chart and we use 293.20, I believe it was 293.20, it's close enough. And all we do is take the difference between that number and 297 is $3.80. It's 297 minus 293.20 equals $3.80. Since the spider is a one-tenth multiple or the futures is the multiple of the spider chart, we just multiply the $3.80 times 10. We come up with 38 points and we come up with something in the neighborhood of 29.88. If we're going to do the 297 at any point in time, maybe they came close enough and that's all she wrote yesterday. That's totally possible. But if they're going to continue up Monday or Tuesday, for example, keep your eye on the ball around 297. 2988 corresponding level in the S&P E-mini futures contract. Now, let's talk about 2950. Within an hour of the close, the market was up at 29.60. What happened? I'm not sure what kind of item the news assigned to the reason, or I guess it's really assigned to the excuse. However, I think there's more to meets the eye at 29.50. Maybe it's 29.47. Maybe it's 29.52 and a half. I have no idea, but somewhere in this area, the market thinks it's important. We've done this before. I think we have another one on our hands. It's not new from after the closing bell today. This was the pre-market morning notes for Inside the Numbers members. For those wondering, SPY and others who pay one went ex-dividend today, which is why we're seeing the SPY appear down more than corresponding futures contract. So right out of the gate, some people are wondering what's going on. Why is the market looked down one place and not in another? So we want to clear the air and make sure everybody's aware right out of the gate. Then we have a reminder that we have the end of the quarter options expiration on four asset classes. Now again, could be more to meets the eye on this also. So another reminder, this will come up later on. Here we go. The S&P E-mini futures contract has been hanging around or just above the 2950 area. Remember, this is posted sub 9 a.m. in the morning. This is a natural place for price to be attracted to. 2900, 2950, 3000. It just is more often than it's not. Now, on one hand, that's certainly not a technical or a tradable reason, but on the other hand, it's an important number and it does come into play as the day and yesterday goes on, by the way. Same as yesterday, hourly closes below, hand the ball to the bears, hourly closes above, keep the bulls in control. Fridays are notoriously low-volume sleeper markets after the morning rush. Since it's quadruple witching options expiration, expect the unexpected and don't be surprised to see sudden sharp moves in either direction. Now, this is at 9 o'clock in the morning. Real quick, back to a five-minute chart. Here's a sharp move about 11 o'clock in the morning, and here's another sharp move towards the end of the day. So we're looking for or at least to be aware of the unexpected. What was the spike? Making new highs. What was the trap door at the end of the day? The trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. 
We have to continue on for a second. Here comes the 11 a.m. update. Now, that spike happened right after 11 a.m. Obviously, didn't know it was coming, and I didn't write this after the spike. It just happened within like 10 minutes of posting this update. They're floating around in Garden Variety Friday fashion. On guard, it's quad witching options X, and there could still be business outstanding on the options and equity desks of the big boys. What does that mean? We can just chalk it up to shenanigans, trick trap fool and frustrate, and leave it at that. It's not uncommon for there to be swift moves in either direction during these periods. I swear I didn't write it after the move. If the ES closes hourly and repeatedly above 29.56, they're likely making an attempt at the highs which come in at 29.67.75 or higher. If they do break out above the high, the next logical area of resistance into the mid-2970s. On the flip side, if the bulls can't hold above 29.56 on hourly closes, they would pay a visit to 29.45, which they never did, but they got actually close at the end of the day. Yesterday's highs would normally be resistance at least up front, meaning on the first run, and it was resistance up front. And there's both sides. Why do I bring all that up? Because I think it's important to look at the market differently, and at least in my estimation, more logically, look at what it's doing, what it keeps doing, what it continues to do, not what some indicator says it might do later, or what some other guy says he knows it's going to do tomorrow. Let's just look at what it's been doing and take our information from the market and only and directly from the market. That being said, let's run through some charts and then we'll take a look around the horn at other markets. Let's look at other charts of the SPY first and then we'll move on. What is the hourly chart saying? Well, interesting because of the close, the hourly chart Looks bearish, but keep in mind the dividend. Would it look bearish if not for the dividend? Ah, back to the SPX or the cash index. Not really. It was just a little bit of a sell-off at the end of the day. But look where we are on the hourly chart in relation to the moving averages. They're just grinding higher, going back and forth, bantering, meandering, whatever term you want to use. From an hourly chart perspective... They basically just grinded higher and went sideways the majority of the day. By the way, before we move on, anything with the volume today, even with quadruple witching options expiration, total of 72 million shares on the spider, the average 90-day volume, 72.7, today, 72.6 and change, right on the average, doesn't tell us a gosh darn thing. Doesn't tell us we had big time institutional distribution. Doesn't tell us we had a lot of buying. Tells us nothing. What if we go to 120 minute chart? We're back to the cash index, so we eliminate the dividend issue. Anything troubling on this chart? It's in an uptrend. We had a pullback at the end of the day. We can't look at anything on this chart as bearish. That doesn't mean... The market won't be putting in a top anytime soon, but when we look at the chart currently, when we look at today's activity and we look at what the chart is telling us today, there's nothing bearish to look at on this chart. What about this one? This is the cash index 240 chart. Does this chart look different than the other chart? 
Well, it may begin to look different. It may be looking different. Technically, it's still in an uptrend. We are extended from home base. For those of you that are new, I like to call the 20-period moving average home base because the market never really likes to get extended too far away from home base. doesn't matter what chart we're looking at. We could be looking at a five-minute chart. We can be looking at an hourly chart. We can be looking at this one, which is a 240-minute chart. And we know either one of two things is likely to happen. Either the market will come back toward home base or the market will go sideways. It'll eat some time off the clock. And in this particular case, because home base is upsloping, it's trending higher, it'll give home base a chance to catch up to price. So it could happen in a couple or three different ways But the market really doesn't love to get too far away from home base. It's a little bit far here. We also have one of those signs or signal of a trend change. These are discussed in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. There is one on this chart. Let's move over to Camp IWM. What's going on here? Do we have the same issue with the dividend? No, we don't. The IWM doesn't pay a dividend. Nobody in there pays a dividend. The Russell 2000 index was down 1%. The IWM was down 1%. It is a leading indicator in my book. It's my favorite leading indicator of the market. And it was down 1%. And the S&P cash index was down one-tenth of 1%. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. Are we making a lower high? Is this a lower high? We've discussed the fact that this was likely going to be a lower high. The challenge is from where? Was it from underneath the moving averages? From over the moving averages? Are we going to make new highs? I don't believe we're going to make new highs. Even if the S&P 500 got to the extreme number that we talked about last night, the 3050 number, and I'm not saying that happens or it doesn't happen. The point is, even if it does happen, I don't think you see new highs in the IWM. It's too far away. What do we see when we look at the weekly chart? We see them into the moving averages. They tried, but they couldn't close the week above those moving averages. We have to look at that at least this week and say, that's not bullish. They tried, they failed. They may make another attempt, but for now, today, This week, on close, not bullish. Get back above the moving averages on a weekly close, we could start a whole new chapter in the IWM. Just for comparison purposes, and to be fair, we have to look at the weekly chart of the S&P 500. Doesn't matter on a weekly basis whether we're looking at the spider or the cash index. Here's the cash index for comparison purposes. You can see that this is certainly not a bearish chart. This is a bullish chart that looks like it wants to go higher. It may go higher. It is going higher. We're in the zone where the market should be turning. I explained that the last few days. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like I'm going to be right. Didn't think we're going to make new highs. Doesn't mean the market still won't turn. It never feels like it's going to turn right before it turns. How about pulling in at the transportation department? What do we have here? Daily chart tested the 50-period moving average. We kind of talked about that last night, didn't we? We talked about it maybe going higher in some of those pivots up there and where they were. But you can see today the high was just short of 10,500 and they sold away finishing near the lows. 
That's not bullish. It's not a bullish close. It's not bullish to not be able to get above the moving averages. And it's not bullish to be rejected at the moving averages. It's not bullish to make an attempt to close above there and fail. So there's a lot of not bullish things going on in the transportation department. There's a lot of not bullish things going on in the IWM. These are my two favorite market leading indicators. The transports has always been, at least as far as I've been doing this, the best leading indicator coupled with a canary in the coal mine. I have no choice but to look at the transports in terms of a downtrend. Why is that? Because it's in a downtrend. It's a divergence. It's a canary in the coal mine. Until and unless this thing turns around and hops over these moving averages, no dice. Triple Qs. It's like a tweener market. We're making new highs in the S&P 500, not even close in the IWM and the transports, and here come the Qs somewhere in between. What's a tweener? It's in golf when it's one of those putts where you want to give it to the guy, but it's long enough where you really want to see him make it. They all should go in. Nobody should give any putts, and there would be no discussion on the green. Just knock the ball in the hole and move on. I hate giving putts. I play to win. The reality is, I want you to miss the putt. And so does everybody else for that matter. Nobody will say it except me. That's the only difference. How about the XLF? Again, we were not able to close the week above 2747. That was the number. They made some attempts. They can't do it, but they're still above all the moving averages. They did pay a dividend, so the XLF is a little skewed, but the dividend was small in relation. It was about 12 cents. We're above all the moving averages. Until and unless the financials come apart, this market is okay. What's the bogey in the financials? $26.93. A daily close below $26.93. If that happens, in my opinion, you will have seen another lower high. Right now, above all the moving averages, technically nothing wrong on this chart. Technically, it's essentially in a bull flag pattern. Watch this. Building energy to do this. It hasn't been able to do that yet, so you have to look at both sides. There's nothing wrong, but they can't get over 2747. They tried multiple times. They can't do it. These are the ways I have no choice but to look at a chart. When I see a chart, this is what I'm looking at. I'm giving you what I see. And not only what I see, but how I see it. How about the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index Proxy? SMH. There was no dividend in the SMH. The SOX index finished down about 7 tenths of 1%. It's close enough. Same routine. For now, can't seem to get through the 50 period moving average. On this one, what I see is a decision point coming. You can see how the 50 period moving average and the 100 period moving average are beginning to narrow. They're coming closer together. Price has been trapped in between, not necessarily every day, seems to be about six out of the last 10 days in between those moving averages. Now, we can't really draw a conclusion from that, but the way I look at that and say, there's something about this price in there around 107. You see how this was a former breakdown area? Guess what? It also represents the general area of a former breakout area. So the chart is telling us 
This price is important. Somewhere around this 107, 106 in this neighborhood. We're trapped in here. It's either going to break out or break down. And if I'm right, the market is likely running out of time. How about the VIX? I almost forgot to discuss the VIX. We were looking to buy in the 14s. Even if it goes back down there, it's still a buy. How about this one? Any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader should see something on this VIX chart that stands out like a sore thumb as a buying opportunity yesterday. And that, my friends, is a perfect place to pull the ripcord. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.